Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even though you may want to breastfeed your baby their entire life, at some point you need to start complementing their liquid diet with solid foods. How do you know when it's time and what are some easy to digest ideas for baby's first foods? I'm Vanessa Wells, nutritionist from True Nature Nutrition, and today we're talking all about starting your baby on solids. This is Parent Savers episode 61. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Parent Savers. As usual, we're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. So let's go around and do some introductions with everyone that's here in the studio and talk about um, what kind of kids we have. I'm joined in the studio by a couple of our super parents, Scott and Ursula. Uh, Scott, remind us how many kids you have. I'm Scott Killian. I'm 36 years old. I'm a certified financial planner, and I have one boy, Alex. How old is that? He is three. Three. Hi, I'm Ursula McDonald. I'm 35, and I used to be a full-time office manager, but now I'm spending most of my time with my two boys, Desmond, who's four, and Callan, who is two. And I have three boys, six, four, and two, and we are done having kids. (laughs) Um, But I still love seeing babies. We just saw one in the lobby. It's so cute. But... We're not having any more, <laughs> but we like talking on. And Vanessa's in the studio as well. Um, Vanessa, uh, tell us about your kids. Um, my daughter, Maya, is a year and a half, um, and we are not done having kids. <laughs> Maybe one more, but I, I don't think three. That seems like a lot. It's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's fun. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Before we start today's show, we're actually going to start talking about a new app um, from Fisher-Price. Um, they actually have a series of apps that you can download um, that are great for young kids. And, and they even say that they're designed for kids as young as six months old, which it's always hard to kind of reconcile that with the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendation that kids under two shouldn't have any screen time at all. The reality of today's world is kids under the age of two years old are getting some screen time. And so I think what you're looking for is, you know, what are games that they can play, not get frustrated, that 
are good for them that also will have educational benefits. And so we checked out this app called the Giggle Gang from Fisher Price. Uh, and they've got a whole great line of apps. Um, but in this Giggle Gang one, uh, and we'll have a link to this on our website, there's two different things that kids can do. Uh, they can either touch and interact and move the screen around and, you know, make the Giggle Gang giggle. There's six little kind of creatures that look like little uh, stuffed animal balls kind of with smiley faces. Or they can play some music with the Giggle Gang as well. Did you guys have a chance to check it out, Scott and Ursula? Mm-hmm. What would you guys think? Um, <laughs> I thought it was cute. I definitely thought it was yeah. cute. I thought that it missed a little bit of potential of a little bit more um, educational tip. Okay. Um, I thought it was fun and I thought it was cute. And I thought for, especially for a younger child, you know, um, six months to a year, I think they would have fun poking it and stuff. I thought the music part was cute. Um, I thought though that, like I said, it missed a little bit of opportunity yeah. of like being a little bit more educational. I like when they do have screen time for it definitely to have that educational um, angle to it. Right. And I thought it was a tad bit lacking on that end. Like I think that they could have incorporated colors more or done a little, just a little push more in that direction. But other than that, I thought it was very cute and very fun. Right. It's one of those things that maybe you don't know if a kid that young will understand that you're saying red or yellow, but at some do. point they do, right? Yeah. And you don't know when that's going to mm-hmm. start. So why not incorporate it? What do you think, Scott? Um, I uh, I can't imagine giving this to a six-month-old to do. I, um, I am not a fan of screen time at all. Yeah. And I just don't. Um, as far as giving them an app li- like that, I, I found exactly zero benefit in giving it Got to it. Any- anybody Um it was it was confusing for me the the stars going all over the place was like i mean it was giving me like i was like what's going on here and i know that with with my boy i mean he would i mean he would just go crazy looking at all that stuff i would much rather spend the time with my son outside or doing something else yeah Yeah, i feel like that would be a much better use of time well i know in our family there's a couple things about this app that i did like for young kids i think I think it's a little bit weird that they say it goes down to six months old because I think that that's pretty young to be playing with these devices. Um, but, you know, in our case, we have three kids. And so if our older boys are playing with a device, our younger kid wants to play with a device. And I can go outside and take him for a hike all I want, but the dude's going to scream to be able to play with the app. And maybe I'm a bad parent because I give him that stuff, but I try to find things that he can play. So there's two things that I kind of like about it. Um, one is... And I, I kind of don't like it as an adult, but I love it for kids. Once you're in, there's two different modes. And once you're in that mode, there's no way to get out of it except to hit the button to get out of it. But that's great. There's no ads. There's no things that are popping up. There's no way for kids to accidentally do what they're not supposed to do unless they hit the button, which kids that young are going to do. But the other thing is, I don't know if you guys saw it, but you can record in each of the giggle buddies, you can record your own voice. Um, So when they touch it, they hear what you're saying. So um, playing around with his older brothers, um, you know, we were recording like things that said his name, like, hi, baby Zyler. Or he likes Opa Gangnam style, like Opa Gangnam style. And just (laughs) so whenever he would hit different things that he would have a lot of fun and hear our voices. And so you can customize it to do your voices. I think that the Fisher Price apps, there's a whole line of them. If you go look from the app store are pretty good. And I like this for young kids. But obviously, yeah, yeah don't go out and have your kids start playing games just to play this app with a couple of caveats. We're going to give this one a parent savers thumbs up. And that is if you're okay with your kids playing with these apps and if you're okay with no overtly educational value, I give these a thumbs up or so what do you think? I give it a cautious thumbs up. It's not my favorite. All right, cool. 
Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Parent Saver. Today's topic is all about starting your baby on solid foods. We just talked about this app, and so I wonder if people are starting their baby on solid foods, you know, after they're even playing these apps. That's kind of interesting. But today we're talking with Vanessa Wells, nutritionist at True Nature Nutrition. So thanks for joining us. Sure, happy to be here. All right, so I'm going to ask you the first question, and if the answer for this one is short, then the show is not going to be very long, but I feel like I need to ask it. What age should babies start on solid foods? Uh, The World Health Organization recommendation is six months of age. So um, in the ideal world, exclusive breastfeeding until six months, and then introducing solid foods, um, what they call complementary foods, alongside breastfeeding Mm -hmm. at about six months of age. Provided baby is healthy and was, you know, full term, no uh, reflux issues, that kind of thing. Right. So what are some of the signs to look for to see if they're ready? Babies sitting up on their own. They're super interested in food. Like my daughter would, you know, stare you down when you were eating like, hey, what's that? Let me have some of that. Um, Some kids will even just reach over and grab it. Um, They've lost the tongue extrusion reflex. So if you hold a spoon up to their mouth and they immediately thrust their tongue out, they're probably not ready. Okay. Um, Because once once that goes, then they can actually accept a spoon in their mouth. Uh, So those are some of the signs. I didn't realize that was a reflex. Yeah. So that's a reflex that if you put something in their face, they stick their tongue out? Yeah, it's actually like a a Safety. safety thing. So that they don't get weird things in their mouth when they're really little. Yeah. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But even beyond the, the six months, say you start at, at, at six months, there are still certain foods that you have to wait, like shellfish and eggs and or whatever it may be, right? Is that is that... Yes and no. So the recommendations are changing in terms of those high allergy foods, which is kind of what you're referring to. Um, the research suggests that there's actually no benefit in waiting and that if you mm. don't have a family history of allergies and you feel comfortable introducing those high allergy foods, go ahead and do so with caution. Mm-hmm. And just kind of keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watch for the signs. Um, I often recommend parents um, have taken a CPR class. So if there are allergy issues, that they feel that they can handle them. You know, if there's a major allergy reaction. Yeah. It is, I, I remember we uh, somebody gave one of our sons when they were watching him like some shrimp when he was like nine months old. And my wife was freaking out. Like, you can't have it till he's a year old. But, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting that they're saying that recommend, recommendation is changing because I was wondering, well, what happens like right on that one-year-old birthday yeah. all of a sudden he yeah. can shrimp? Yeah, so uh, my recommendation is like look at your family history. If you or your you know, husband, your brother has an allergy to something, you may want to be cautious with that food. Right. Uh, but if not, and you feel comfortable with it as a parent, then there's no problem to go for it. Um, I would introduce foods. Um, I would give like, you know, a certain like a, maybe a week every time I introduce something new so I could track if there was any sort of uh, we didn't have a history of allergies or bad reactions. And luckily, we didn't really see anything like that. But I definitely waited a week before I gave anything new so I could see if there was a reaction. 
that's a good technique. Um, a new food every three days is pretty safe. If you want to introduce foods closer, keeping a food journal is also a good idea. That way, if your baby does have a reaction, you know what new foods you introduced over the last two or three days. We kind of jumped ahead. I wanted to talk a little bit more <laughs> about um, what's going on inside baby. Okay. Like with what, from like their digestive standpoint, um, because introducing, you know, solid foods, and we'll talk about these specific ones in these journals, um, it's a change, right? You're going all of a sudden from they're getting everything from liquid to getting everything from a solid. So what's kind of happening inside them? Do you have a, do you have a good idea of what's going on there? Uh, sure. So until about six months of age, their digestive system isn't fully fully developed. And even at six months, it's still developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so before then, they're really not ready to handle foods. At around six months, somewhere between six and nine months, their body starts producing the enzymes that are needed to break down the foods mm-hmm. uh, so that they can actually digest and absorb the nutrition. So they're... Um, before that, they're getting those enzymes in the milk, like it's in breast milk. Yeah. So everything that they need to digest the food, comes, it comes in the nice little breast milk package. Um, but then when the food comes, their body's like, oh, what do I do with this? Right. Oftentimes, parents notice some changes when they first introduce solids. <laughs> a lot of parents suddenly, you know, their child may, you know, not have a bowel movement for a few days as yeah. the system sort of tries to figure out like what I do with this, but most kids get back on track within a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it's only liquid that's going through that system, and then all of a sudden you're putting something new in there. Even if what you're giving them's almost liquid, it's <laughs> not exactly true. liquid. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, so I mean, so what do? What are some good foods to you know start them off on? I tell parents to start with whatever that they feel comfortable with, as long as it has some good nutritional value. Okay. So um, a lot of parents start with cereals and that's okay, but I suggest whole grain cereals. White rice cereal doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. And if you can skip it, I would skip it. Yeah. I think that sometimes parents think that they need to really, really ease into it. So they're going for the most mild watered down cereal as po- or I guess breast milk down too. That's right. another thing that you can do, right? You can. Uh, I would suggest though, um, using breast milk to water down nutritious food like avocados or bananas or a, a whole grain or um, whole grain cereal or brown rice cereal, something that's got some good nutritional value. And there's some really good um, whole grain, you know, oatmeals and um, uh, brown rice cereals that I used that were great and mixed it with the the breast milk. And then sometimes I would mix in a new fruit or something that we were introducing in with that cereal. But That's a great idea. They even have quinoa-based um, mm-hmm. baby cereals now. So there are lots of options that have good nutritious value to them. I know Andrea used to make this porridge called the super porridge or something. And, and, and she would freeze them in this ice cube and then put uh, like cantaloupe or kiwi or something on, on top of that. And that was, that was a really good introduction. Um, yeah. So if you do want to start with cereals, um, I tell parents to go for it. Just avoid the white rice. Just like you don't but, suggest eating white bread. Yeah. Same thing. But so like the very first time you're feeding your kid, you probably shouldn't mix in these other things that we're talking about yet? Probably not. It's probably best to start with one food. Okay. So either a cereal, often avocado and and or banana are easy on the system as well. 
um, and easy to make because you just mash it up. So avocado as like the first food. That uh, they that's eat. what I gave Is my really? kids, yeah. and and uh, that's what my mom gave me. And what I love about avocado, and this is just a little tip for busy moms and dads out there, is that um, you know we go out a, to eat a lot, and here in California, almost every single restaurant you can get usually it's about a dollar to get a side of avocado, and so I didn't have to lug around if we were spontaneously going to go out to lunch. Yeah. You know, um, I could nurse <laughs> real quick before we we had lunch, and then I could order the side of avocado, cut it up, mash. and there you go. You could either you mash, mash it, it up, like, but it's so soft, even if it was just a small little bite, you know, they mm-hmm. can kind of gum it a little bit and mash it with their tongue and everything. And it's healthy, and it's available, and it's easy for them, and they loved it. So bananas, though, I did have an issue with bananas because they're so soft and tasty, and my son loved it. When I first introduced it, he loved it. So every morning, I give him a couple bits of banana, and he got constipated for the first time. And I didn't know that banana could bind you up. Of course, now I realize, you know, when you're sick, you have the brat diet, and bananas is part of that. So, um, but so if you do introduce banana from my own personal experience i would like maybe you know give it every other day or something um so they don't get bound up or make sure that they're getting a lot of hydration so that's true there are some foods that some kids can get um constipated from and banana is one of them Uh, sometimes you can give banana one day and then something like pear the next because pear does help get things moving again Uh, and if you alternate like that then you have less chance of getting constipated yeah i felt terrible (laughs) Is there a danger when you give them something like banana, though, that it's so sweet? I mean, do they taste the sweet the same way that we do? Or I guess who would know? You can't really ask a baby. But um, like, is there a danger where if you give them banana, then they're only going to start liking those sweet foods? Because you hear about kids, they get start getting a lot of sugar, then they only start having this taste for sugary foods. The research suggests that there's no evidence that if you start with fruit that they're only going to like sweet foods. Mm -hmm. Um, Variety is important, fruits and vegetables. I think that kids develop those sweet tastes when they're eating sweet processed foods. Okay. uh, You know, with a lot of added sugar. Breast milk sweet. So if they are breastfed, they're already used to sweet things. Yeah. It tastes a little like soy milk, but... I'm not going to tell you guys why I know that. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, let's talk more about these foods. I think that there's some um, some more good tips that we can share um, for early eaters. So we will be right back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about starting baby on solid foods with Vanessa Wells from True Nature Nutrition. So we were talking a little about some recommendations for foods, and I was just asking about, um, you know, sweet foods. And it sounds like it it doesn't blast. Because I remember um, one of the first foods that we gave to, I think, Whitaker was green beans, you know, the mashed green beans. Loved them. And I was so afraid to to have him try, like, peaches or apricots because I thought that once he goes that, he's not going to want to go back to green beans. Am I projecting too much onto them and they'll kind of bounce around? They will bounce around, especially at the young age, uh, you know, between 6 and around 18 months. They're pretty open to new foods, new tastes, textures. It's like a new learning experience for them. And then once you hit that, like, 18-month period, that's when kids are really like, hey, no, I want, you know, 
they can have more say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I would say variety is important at that, at that young age. Okay. So you're introducing stuff, you know, every three days. You, like, you don't want to just throw three different options in front of them either. It's If they're eating one thing, is that what they're eating or, or what did you do? Or well, that, the problem with giving more than – I'm no expert on this, but yeah. just from my experience of giving more than one thing at a time – at first, it's if they do have a bad reaction to something, if they do get constipated or they do get some sort of allergic reaction, it's hard to pinpoint, okay, exactly what is it? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why, um, and I was a tracker, so I had an app that I tracked all the new, um, it was a, an app that I used to track his sleep and his growth and his um, yeah. breastfeeding, but then it had a solid food option. So I would track every new solid food that I introduced, and then that way I could see if they did have a reaction or if he wasn't sleeping well or who knows what. I could look back and say, oh, when did I introduce that? Is that it um, or not? So, so that would spacing be... Spacing it out really isn't for baby then. It's for in case something happens. So it's uh, spacing it out is for um, keeping track of reactions, constipation, allergies, that kind of thing. And it's not something that you have to do. If you don't space it out, if you introduce two or three new foods in one day, I would write it down so you have an idea. It kind of comes down to what you as the parent feel comfortable with. What reactions can you see? Um, So allergy reactions can be anything from the extreme reactions that, you know, we're all as parents afraid of in terms of um, anaphylactic shock and that kind of thing to eczema, you know, other types of skin rashes, diarrhea, constipation. If for some reason baby starts crying 20 minutes after they eat the same food, maybe they're getting a stomach upset. Um, So just watching out for those kinds of signs. I also noticed sometimes uh, citrus um, would give if too much whenever it was appropriate to introduce citrus if we gave too much at one time it could get a sore bum so you know you gotta kind of even though if they really love that that apple juice or i mean that orange juice or whatever you have to kind of hold it back so that they don't get a sore bum so citrus is not really a good first food right or it could be again it could be it could be um like i said every child's different yeah Um, every family situation is different uh, as long as you're working in variety, I think that's important. I think what Ursula is saying is true. If you give your kid too much of any food, right, you might they might have a reaction. And you know, especially like citrus foods, quite acidic, uh, so that can that can be a bit harmful for um, for the baby's bottom. So what as we're introducing foods, what are the nutrients and vitamins that we're trying to get to our kids through foods? Okay, so babies have a a good store of things like iron, zinc, vitamin D, B12 until about six months of age. That's kind of how they're designed. And that's why starting complementary foods, starting solids at six months is um, important because those levels start to come down. So foods with good nutritional value, high in iron, high in zinc, um, high in B12 are important. A lot of parents freak out and think, oh, no, I've got to do meat right out of the gate because that's what you think of when you think of iron. But there are lots of uh, vegetable foods that have iron in them as well. So, Can we get all of those nutrients in the foods that we can get today or, or is a recommendation to supplement with, you know? I, would, I wouldn't suggest supplementing unless your baby is iron deficient. 
Um, so if you're worried, I would get your pediatrician to test. But otherwise, they are foods that if you get creative you and you um, are following, you know, healthy eating guidelines that you can definitely get into your baby. But you would recommend don't self-supplement. Only do that on the recommendation of others. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know that there are recommendations already to supplement for vitamin D, and so right. that's important. But I would suggest in terms of iron, get levels tested first before before supplementation. What kind of tools or is it helpful for families to have in order to make first foods? You hear a lot about, and especially with the rise in popularity of Pinterest, right, that there's so many, you know, different ways and ideas to make your own baby food um, and your first solid foods. Um, so what are some kind of tools um, as you're helping, you know, introduce baby? Like, is there certain kinds of spoons that are good? Are there certain kind of, like, cheesecloth bags? Are there blenders, food processors, that kind of thing? Well, I know that there's, like, a ton of things that are marketed to parents. You know, baby blenders and baby mills, and you could just get kind of carried away. Yeah. My suggestion is one of those little handheld... Mortar and pestle? Um, yeah, or even one of those little handheld blender things oh. that just, you know, into the bowl, it's really easy. Some sort of blender... I don't think you need to rush out. Like a hand blender that you can put Yes, like a a hand blender. I don't think you need to rush out and buy specific baby food making What's a baby blender do that a regular Uh, blender does? I'm not sure. We had had this thing, and we still use it, is like it's a cheesecloth bag that you can screw onto a ring. And so you could put um, like even like something like an apple in it, which is too hard and solid and you don't want him to get the chunks because he would choke on it. Um, but he could gum the apple, get the juice out of it, and some of the you know some of the stuff that he could make through through the cheesecloth bag. And I thought that was really cool and too. And frozen yeah. stuff, and then Those they can great. teeth yeah. teeth yeah. with it, you know, and soothe the gums. Yeah, exactly. That was great for teething. And now if they ever get any trauma in their mouth, it's an easy way to give them an ice, ice cube, cube and yeah. like put it right. Yeah, in Yeah, my daughter still uses that. I really thought that those cheesecloth. Um, those little r- the like rings handheld. were great because really then they cool. could self-feed as well. Gives them a little bit of independence. Yeah. Um, and then and they can hang on to it for a while. So it's like, here you go. I need to go empty the dishwasher or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, beyond just teething, though, I feel like a lot of times if you go to, like, a big box store, you see these containers of, you know, puffy uh, sweet potato is the big buzzword for a little bit, like sweet potato puffs or, you know, there's even like some cheesy poofs um, that they're really marketed though as they should be some as some of baby's first foods and I mean obviously the instinct is you know those can't be that good for babies but what do you think what's what's your standpoint on those my main concern with them is when you look at the ingredients oftentimes you times you see added juice added pear juice added apple juice to sweeten Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of nutritional value in that so I would say if you can avoid it and right. be feeding your baby nutritionally dense foods, you're better off. Yeah, those foods are not nutritionally no. dense. They're probably the opposite. So you're filling up with kind of empty calories. Yeah. If you are going to do those, because like my grandma, I mean, my mom as a grandma loved to have those little. Right, exactly. We yeah. call it baby crack, the little yeah. puffs. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they, exactly. they go crazy over it. Totally. And, you know, you have the fine motor skills of the, the pincher grasp and everything. But um, there's a wide range of quality I've seen as far as um, brands. Mm -hmm. So you can get like the lowest of the low that has all kinds of added junk Mm -hmm. that you definitely don't want to give your kids. And then there's brands that when you look at it's non-GMO, very limited ingredients, organic ingredients. And so obviously, you know, okay, this is kind of like a snack food. It's not something we're going to actually count on as a meal but as they're kind of going along in the stroller it's keeping them occupied you can i felt a little bit better of giving them those ones that were more on the organic low process yeah. kind of end of things right. 
I agree. Look at the ingredients list. If there's a lot of ingredients in them, I'd move on. If if there aren't a lot of ingredients and most of the ingredients are whole foods, then yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. I think that was a lot of helpful information today, Vanessa. For more information about starting your baby on solids or about any of our super parent panelists, visit the episode page on our website, parentsavers.com. We'll continue the conversation for uh, for our Parent Savers Club members um, after we wrap up the show, talking a little bit more about starting baby on solids. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit our website. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As we near the end of today's show, here's Detective Damian Jackson with some great ways to better protect our children. Hey, Parent Savers. This is Detective Damian Jackson with the Escondido Police Department's Family Protection Unit and the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force here in San Diego, California. As part of the Escondido Police Department's ongoing series of community outreach education to help families enhance their personal safety, I'm here today to talk to you about Facebook security settings. In today's technology-driven world, it's never been easier to stay connected with friends and family across the globe. On the flip side of that same technology, it's never been easier to be victimized by strangers that wish to do you and your family harm. The good news is that with a little bit of proactive action on your part, you can easily prevent your family from being the next target. Like most people, I've got a Facebook account to share news and events with friends and family over a common network. Just last night, I was reading some comments on a friend's posting and came across a person I don't even know and have never even met in my life that, because of his Facebook settings, provided me with almost every detail of his life, including each person's name and his family, including his wife, his children, where he works, pictures of his kids, his wife, his home, his car, and his personal stance on just about every issue under the sun. The point of this is, he has no clue who I am either. But I know more about him in less than a minute than it would take one of his friends or coworkers several months or more to get. That, my friends, is extremely dangerous. Look at it this way. Would you post all of that same information on the sides and back of your car and drive around all over the place on a daily basis with your personal and family information out in the open for all to see? Of course not. But then again, at least that would keep your personal information available only in the areas you drive, right? Well, unfiltered Facebook settings provide your information to the entire world. Think about it. There are lots of resources and easy tutorials available online to walk you through filtering your settings. Take those few minutes to secure your information, protect your family, and enjoy Facebook as it was meant to be, between only those you know and trust. For more information on how you can keep your family safe, visit us on Facebook or Twitter at forward slash Escondido Police. With the Escondido Police Department and the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, I'm Detective Damian Jackson reminding you and your family to be smart and be safe. 
That wraps up our show for today. Thanks again to Vanessa and to our panelists, Scott and Ursula. We appreciate you all listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows too, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents and our show The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies. And if you're anything like me, when you see a pregnant mom or a mom with some other kids or a dad out and about, make sure to tell them about newmommymedia.com and all the great shows that we're doing and share the experience. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about setting your home with principles from the Montessori method. It's kind of an interesting way to apply. Montessori means a lot to school to some of us, but it's really a method of learning. And we've got an interesting show planned where we're going to be talking about bringing those principles to your home. So please join us next week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.